You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. So Liz and I were just talking about Britney Spears. She goes, we should start the podcast with like, you better work, bitch. <laughs> and so I said that I had a story that was pretty great that I need to find the video so that it can be posted somewhere because I'm like in a good place emotionally to send this out to the world now. But <laughs> when I was, when I, I want to say it was like fourth grade, fifth grade. So I was a much larger child than my friends. I like, I don't know if it was like a growth spurt that I hit really early, but I was like the size of my teacher in fourth grade when all of my friends were like way smaller than me. And so like there was a complex, but anyways, I was still super like, I'm a Leo, want to be the center of attention. So for my birthday party, I want to say in fourth or fifth grade, I, we did make like at home music videos. Mm, of course. Yep. And so I did hit me baby one more time and <laughs> dressed up in like the top that like you know the outfit that Britney Spears wore yeah. it was like the you know the monumental Britney Spears outfit but I was fat like as a kid and so <laughs> I had like the tied up white top and the skirt and the high socks knee socks and like <laughs> I think Nick um, when Nick and I were dating this video came out at one point in like mm -hmm. we were hanging out at my parents and the VHS tape came out and he was just like sitting there shell-shocked of like what is happening. <laughs> and yeah, I think I need to find the video. Yeah, you should definitely find the video so we can share it. <laughs> I just think about like we used to dance to Spice Girls and my friend Megan, her dad was one of those dads where you were afraid of him. Like he was just very, very intimidating. And so like when he would come home, we would literally run back into her room and like turn all the music down because we would just be like jumping on the beds. Like I believe at one point in time, we also had the Spice Girls shoes, like the super thick yes. soled shoes. Mm -hmm. I used to dress up as a kid and put on shows for my parents. Like mm -hmm. I would go in the other room. I'd have all of my you know, outfits that are really for this with my kids. <laughs> yes. Come out. I put on a show and yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, the gosh, I'm in the phase right now with Carson where he's like, mom, watch this. And then he does like some spastic movement and then falls on the ground. And I'm like, pretty cool. But <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> And like, oh you know, he, he does a lot of like bouncing on one foot that he thinks is really cool. Yeah. This morning, he, <laughs> on the, it's like the things toddlers say on the way over to my parents this morning. He was like, you know, mom, I think the radio is not working because people are stupid drivers. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is my fault somehow that you just said that. I'm sure. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. It's really fun to have conversations with them, but mm -hmm. also sometimes like Marcus is saying things to me and I'm like, <laughs> no idea. Can't even come up. Like the other day I was like, you want a vase? Like I'm super, super confused right now. And, but he's really in the bossy stage and I was a bossy kid, but he is like, mom, follow me, follow me. And he's like very upset. Like if you are not right there following him, get this, get that dad, you know, this morning was all about like dad had to carry him. Dad had to get his shoes on. Dad had to get his coat. I'm like, I'm standing right here. So we literally like tag teamed it. But 
They're fun. I yeah. love the conversations. We were at my mom's last weekend for Easter, and my sister's daughter, Olivia, is the same age as Carson. And she was saying something. She's like, Grandma, Grandma, Grandma. And my sister goes, Answer, or she'll keep going. <laughs> and I was like, She's like, It won't stop. <laughs> and I'm like, Yep, that's the stage we're in. It's great. Oh, I'm interested to see how the week goes. Well, so we are just returning from vacation um, mm-hmm. when this airs, but I'm very interested to see how the week goes with Marcus staying back with grandma because he's been asking to pack our suitcases and go on a plane. So we've been explaining to him, you know, mommy and daddy are going on this trip. You're going to stay with Baba and Zar. And, you know, he's excited about that. But he also gets away with everything with grandma. Mm -hmm. It's hard. I'll be honest. It's hard Mm -hmm. when they come back from an extended period of time, like more than like half a day or a single overnight with grandparents Mm -hmm. because they're they're you know they think they can do more stuff they're more just like combative with things i love my mother-in-law and my mom but both of them give them like whatever they want and so i know and that's what they're for but that makes parenting a little bit harder when you're back in the parenting place Mm -hmm. so you know it's just it it should be interesting that's you know i'm just hoping that he'll actually facetime with us he Mm -hmm. facetimes with my sister now and does i mean he's been doing it for a couple of years, but he's actually getting the hang of like yeah. talking to her and seeing. So I've been asking him, you know, will you FaceTime with mama while I'm gone? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, you probably last like 10 seconds and then be off yeah. doing something else. But anyways. Okay. Guys. All right. So speaking of you got to work today, we were talking about paying your dues. You got to yes. pay to play. Yes. So Today is about the fact that we live in a world of instant gratification, and we live in a world where people expect things to happen, and they expect them to happen fast and without much discomfort. Mm. You're hungry, you want food fast, you don't want to have to put a lot of effort into it. You need something, Amazon delivers it the same day. You have the internet, everything you could ever want an answer to at you know your fingertips. And when it comes to health, It looks like we feel uncomfortable in our skin. So you want to lose weight fast. You do a week of workouts and you expect things to be drastically different with your body. You avoid alcohol or sugar for one week and you think that the scale should be down 10 pounds. You track your food for a week and think that your body composition should be dressed. Like we... We aren't attacking anyone here. So if you feel personally attacked, I would take that as maybe we're hitting some insecurities of yours. But at the end of the day, health doesn't work in this fashion. Health body composition goals, weight loss, they don't happen that way. And so we need to talk about what we mean by paying your dues in this world, paying your dues in this process, this health journey, because a lot of people go into these things, especially, and, and this is the unfortunate part I think about you know our, our company, our profession, our program, anyone in this industry, people come into a program expecting things to work in the duration of that program exactly how they think they should work. You join a program, you think, I'm joining this program for weight loss, the program's three months, six months, however long, I should see it in that time frame. And expectations that people have are usually not realistic expectations, especially because their commitment level is likely not where it should be for the goals in the time frame that those people have. Or they think that because they've invested the money that they are going to be more motivated to stay the course, that they're going to adhere. And adherence is a big piece of the puzzle, right? You can have a perfectly laid out plan. Nobody can ever guarantee you results though, because we don't know your physiology and how it's going to respond. You coming into a program with years and years of disordered eating, 
yo-yo dieting, drastic measures, right? Maybe your body is not even in a place that you can respond right away. And so the other piece is no matter who you are, and if you you know aren't new to dieting, you know this very, very well, it's never linear for anybody. So it's interesting because I'm just finishing up a six-week cut, and I will be the first to say we've had a couple of different events that have happened. We had Easter. My dad was in town. We did some other things going on. And my adherence was pretty spot on, but overall, it wasn't 110% the way that I would have liked it to be. And that's only on me. I can only be the person to accept responsibility for that. But I was sharing something with my coach last week, and I was saying, you know, basically, like I had a day where I just hit a wall. I was exhausted. And it would have been easy in that moment to say, I quit. I'm not going to continue in this deficit. I need, you know, multiple refeed days here, or I just want to pull out to a maintenance break. And instead, I reframed. I went upstairs, I reset, I took a shower, I came back downstairs. I was like, I'm not physically even hungry. Like I was just exhausted. And so I'm like, what can I do? I can go outside, I can get some steps, I can get some sunshine on my face, I can stay the course with this, I can add a refeed in day. Uh, today because I was feeling you know low in terms of just like energy and bounce right back into feeling good a couple of days later. But sometimes when you have those lows on the journey, that is where people give up. They're not willing to continue paying the dues and putting in the work to make it through times where maybe they feel emotionally charged, mentally drained. You guys, my mental like fatigue and my physical fatigue wasn't even anything to do with my cut phase. Honestly, it's like all of the things that we've had going on this month. And so while it's a busy time, like that's one other thing that Beck and I always evaluate. It's still something for me that like this is my lifestyle. It's always going to be a busy time for Beck and I. But when you get into that place where you are emotionally charged, you have two decisions. One is to take control of those thoughts and to reframe them, make the best of the scenario and get back up the next day and keep going. Or two, decide this isn't for me and quit. Mm-hmm. And you'll find yourself two, three, four weeks down the line, looking back saying, I wish I would have st- stayed the course. I wish I would have trusted the process. I wish I would have communicated better. I wish I would have pivoted and I would have adjusted. But most people won't do that because they're not willing to pay the price in the moment when we are emotionally charged, maybe feeling some kind of way. It could be happy, sad, negative, positive. It could be a variety of feelings here. And I know this because I have quit in other seasons of my life when I was happy. I've also quit when I was sad or felt frustrated. But what I've learned over the course of the years is, especially if you are not new to health and fitness, you're going to have bad days. And those bad days are ones that you have to reframe, embrace, and move forward. Mm -hmm. If you want to be healthier and happier and feel better, you have to put in the time to accomplish those things. Like, Mm -hmm. especially if you aren't happy or healthy or feel good right now, you don't get to be a master at something without embracing the mundaneness and the boredom of consistency. I think this is one of the biggest things that I think people struggle with, especially inside of like a program or with a coach or something. People are used to constant change. You're used to, well, what else should I be doing? What should we change? What should do the thing that your body needs at this moment for many people that is eating more food for a period of time to get your body to be able to respond to a weight loss period. People don't want to do that for too long. I've been, I've been eating more for two months now. When do I get to diet? I've been, you know, I've been in this for five months now. When do I see progress? 
When your body's ready and when you're mentally ready, and most of the time, your body probably needs to be outside of that calorie deficit for longer than you think and longer than you want it to be. And that consistency of just eating enough consistently is, in my opinion, harder than eating in a calorie deficit any day of the week for the 99% of the people until you get to a place where eating more is just more fun and it's just your norm and you feel better there, so you do it. But for most people that are in this diet mentality, this I need to cut calories, I need to lose weight constantly, being consistent, doing the boring things, eating enough, nourishing foods, not going out every freaking weekend, working out consistently, pushing your body in workouts, drinking water even when you don't want to, getting enough sleep even if you know, you're know you stressed or you have a lot of work or you have kids, whatever it is. All of these things need to be consistent to become a master at things. And you don't get to have success without embracing and dealing with failure. No one in life experiences success without failure. Yeah. And the la- you don't always get to feel good, guys. You don't always get to feel good along this journey. Liz and I have days. We have lots of them. Lots of days where I'm like, you know what? I should cut calories again, or maybe I should remove carbs, or maybe I'm eating too much, or I feel bloated, or you know, I'm constipated, or whatever it is. We're females, okay? <laughs> I feel like men are immune to these feelings. They do not understand what they feel like. And so as a female, talking to mostly females on this podcast – we have days where we don't feel good. And guess what we do on those days? We keep doing the boring shit that we know needs to be done. We, Like Liz was saying, we don't let our emotions get the best of us because we have to see the big picture. We have to pay the dues to get what you want. Yep. And when it comes down to it, if you've been working at a goal for a period of time, you have to remember two things. Number one, you signed up for a challenge when you committed to doing something hard and to pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to achieve a goal that you've not yet achieved. And so there's doubt, right? If we've never achieved, let's say losing 10 pounds or achieved it and maintained it, it's, there's still fear of, of doubt there, right? There's fear of maybe failing. There's fear of, will I resort back to my old ways? And so you have to do the work mentally, inside and emotionally, but you also have to do the work day to day with the consistent, mundane, boring things, continuing to evaluate always. We always talk about what could I be doing better? Could I be moving my body more? Could I be doing more one ingredient whole foods? How could I improve my consistency in terms of my adherence? Bites, licks, and taste. But we've talked about this before many times on the podcast. I even said it to my coach a couple weeks ago and to Becca. I've noticed my adherence was starting to slip because I was taking little BLTs of things with Marcus again. And I was like, I had to catch myself two or three days. Like, I've noticed this is coming back in. So I either pre plan it into my tracker now or I just hands down say no. I'm in a season though with my toddler where it's very, very important for me to have him see what mommy eats and that I can have a couple of his goldfish or like he loves giving me raspberries. So I just plug those things in. I just account for those because that's important to me. And so for you, if you are somebody who's been working towards something for a period of time and you're not seeing progress, I want to ask, what has your adherence truly been like? Have you had weekends where you had more alcohol than maybe you put in your tracker or you didn't track? And so you think maybe you didn't have as many drinks as you did actually have. Same thing with desserts, pieces of chocolate, bites, licks, and taste of your husband's foods, your kid's food. Somebody you know brought in donuts to work and you had you know a little sliver here, a little bite there. All those things add up and they can add up very quickly depending upon the type of food 
throwing you out of your calorie deficit. And that leaves you feeling mad and frustrated and sad and angry and pissed off that you're not seeing the results that you want, but you're not taking a true evaluation of what that consistency with your adherence has been like. It's one thing to track your macros and it's another thing to track your macros in terms of accurately tracking your macros in a way that is honest. Mm -hmm. Every single morsel went into your mouth. And I'm not saying that you have to do this. Some people see macros as a way of kind of like eating disordered. I personally find it flexible because for example, last week when I was feeling, you know, exhausted and I ended up getting like 23,000 steps because we spent two hours at the park, my husband looked at me and was like, I really want tacos tonight. I had already planned dinner. I already plugged it into my tracker, but I was like, you know what? I've had crazy amounts of steps today. I have room. Let me just adjust. I'll order differently than I normally do to make it work for the season that I'm in because I wasn't giving up on the cut. I wasn't pulling myself out of the calorie deficit, but I made a different choice than I normally would have if I wasn't in that season. And so you can always pivot and adjust, but you have to be honest with yourself. Because what I find too for some people is that when situations arise where they have an opportunity maybe to go out to eat or to order or their kids want something, instead of picking the best option available to make it work towards their long-term goals, they choose what their feelings are dictating. I feel like the burger and fries. I feel like the quesadilla instead of a burrito bowl with extra veggies and lighter toppings. Like at the end of the day, guys, you signed up for this. And if you're not getting the results that you want, you need to take an internal look at what is truly going on mentally, emotionally, and how honest you are being with your accuracy or adherence of tracking things. Because that is usually where the problem lies. And Becca and I are not immune to this. We've learned this time and time again. And this is why we will pull ourselves out of Mm -hmm. seasons and say, adherence isn't here. I'm going to stop beating myself up for not actually being 110%. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've had like probably five or six times in the past few weeks that I've told Liz, like maybe I want to go back into a calorie deficit. And then I start to do it. I'm like, I don't want to go back into a calorie deficit. Like I, I can tell by my actions, by my thoughts, by my level of adherence, like I'm not mentally ready. And so I don't. And I, you know, I keep eating enough for my body so that when I do feel ready to do that again, my body will be ready to do it again. But what most people do is they have one foot in the water and they have one foot out of the water. And you don't really set yourself up for a great calorie deficit because you're kind of in a calorie deficit some of the time, but then you're not in a calorie deficit the other parts of the time. And so it's not effective because you're not actually in a calorie deficit at all at the end of the day. And so this is where most people live. This is where most people live for years. And then when they actually, you know, sign up for a program or hire a coach or whatever it is, they have to take time to get their body ready to diet because they've spent this time thinking that they're dieting, but not actually dieting. And so what we mean today by paying your dues, you guys, you got to do things and think long term, like consistently work out and push your body for a year. Eat nourishing foods, even when you may not want to, even when it's harder then ordering in, skipping a meal, skipping a snack, drink the water, even if it means you go to the bathroom more for a while, even if it means you don't, you know, you don't like water, figure out to, a way to like water. Maybe you need to add electrolytes. Maybe you need to add some type of a flavor to it. Avoid outings. If you know that outings are triggers for you and you cannot control yourself in public settings and they always derail you, like you have to do the work for a while. This is something... I've continued to tell myself for the past eight months of postpartumdom, give yourself a year, Becca. Give yourself a full year. 
to feel mostly back to normal in my clothes, physically, in my workouts. I'm eight months right now. And I will also say I had to stop breastfeeding at five months. I was exclusively pumping. It was ruining my life. I was starting to decrease my supply and it just was time. Unfortunately, I lasted a little bit longer with Carson, but whatever. So also, if you're breastfeeding longer, this is going to be longer for you too, if if you're talking exclusively postpartum, but I'm getting at something here. A lot of days, I still feel a little fluffy. I still don't feel physically awesome or where I want to feel. And then I remind myself, Becca, give yourself a full year, a full year. And to be totally honest, I think that's a pretty fair rule of thumb for most people on a major transformation journey, not even postpartum, just people that want to start a transformation journey. Give yourself an entire year. When you get into this process, when you take the first step of, I'm ready to change my life, to change my health, you will likely need that year to have time to eat adequately adequately for a period of time to get your body nourished again, to set yourself and your body up for an effective calorie deficit, a weight loss phase, and honestly, time to mess up, time for hiccups, time for phases when you aren't as dedicated or committed because everyone freaking has them. Everyone has those phases in life. No one is on point 24-7, 365. It's just the reality of it. You need that time to make adjustments, to mess up, to learn. And so if you're going into something being like, I'm going to give it three months, really ask yourself, what do you expect in those three months? Where are you starting? Where do you expect to end those three months at? Because I don't know many people that have had major body composition transformations in three months. I know some people that have lost weight really fast in three months, but usually those people end up gaining it back or they just look pretty much the same, but just less slightly, if you know what I mean. Like their body hasn't really changed. They've just lost weight. So muscle mass hasn't changed. They haven't gotten like a true body composition change. They're just like a smaller version. And How committed are you actually going to be in those three months? Because what Liz and I keep coming back to is you got to be honest with yourself. Most people are not going to be adherent enough to see drastic enough changes in a short period of time. It's just a reality. Yeah. And I'm just going to say very bluntly, if you're entering into something with an end date, you're giving up on your goals before you ever have a chance to win the race. You shouldn't have an end date. If you're mm-hmm. here to make a transformation, a true internal and external lifelong sustainable transformation, there should be no end date. Mm-mm. No. What I mean by a year for myself postpartum is to get myself back to a place physically where I'm comfortable. And then I do all the things that I did to get myself there to maintain that and maintain feeling that place, that good place that because I know getting there is going to take more work than staying there. Staying there still takes a heck of a lot of work. But at least in my personal experience from my personal body and things that I do, I work out consistently enough. I eat well enough most of the time that I can maintain getting somewhere. It's getting there. Getting there is what takes a little bit more work for a lot of people. And once you get to that other side, mentally, it's usually a little bit easier to work to stay there because you've seen what you can, it can accomplish. You're happier in that place. You're willing to work for keeping that place. But totally agree. It should not have an end date. So if you're thinking of an end date, that's the number one problem. And the second problem is likely your end date is way too short of a time frame for what work actually needs to be put in. Yep. And so most people struggle to match their goals with their commitment level. Yeah. And I think we have to, you know, re- 
re-talk about the quote that we were talking about offline here because this is really important. And some people label themselves as like, I'm a lazy person. Like we have a lot of women who we've spoken to who've been interested in Fit Mom Lifestyle and how we can help. But they will tell us like, I'm just lazy and I haven't followed through with my commitments. And so I want to lose 60 to 80 pounds, but they're already labeling themselves as somebody who is not going to follow through with that goal because they're not truly committed to it. And so, you know, this is one thing, if you're labeling yourself before you even begin, you need to take care of that piece of the puzzle first. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of people who are overweight that work their butts off, that are very disciplined, that are very you know, healthy in terms of how they nourish their body, but they're usually fighting a disease or something that is preventing the weight from dropping off. We've seen that several times. Um, but lazy people, they don't want to do the work. Most lazy people, I should say, right? Those who are label themselves as lazy, but they think that they should be winning. Like if they change one or two things, they think that should be enough effort and energy put in mm -hmm. to see drastic amounts of change or large amounts of weight loss with very few changes in the long game, right? What it's actually going to take to get 60 to 80 pounds off to reverse disease and dysfunction, to optimize their health and get their body back to a place that they feel really good. Winners though, on the other hand, and we see this in business, we see this in life, we see this in our industry, they're doing a lot of work and still worrying that they are in turn being lazy. I think about this every day. Was that workout sh good enough? Should I have pushed myself harder? Could I have added more weight to the bar today? Yeah, it felt freaking hard, but I also walked away from it getting all of my reps in my sets. I probably could have pushed a little bit harder. Like, am I doing enough for the business? Am I doing enough for my husband? Am I doing enough for Marcus to show him how much I love him? Like, I'm not saying that I'm a winner, but I try my damnedest to be 1% better every single day and show up in all of these areas of life. And I still worry that good is not good enough. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, we'll end it with this. Are you someone that changes a few things and gets mad because you aren't happy with what it gets you? You thought it should have gotten you more? Or are you the type of person that's doing every single thing possible, doesn't really expect anything from it, and thinks you should still be doing more? Which one are you? Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.